Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Jennifer. And this is All Things Terror, the show where a dog who just got groomed whines at you. And he's very pretty. He has bows in his hair. He has bows and a little bow tie. Like, it's actually a bow that he is wearing as a tie. Well, besides the whining sounds, we also uh, talk about creepy things that are creepy and creepy and very creepy. Yep, and right now I'm going to creep the dog outside. All right, so his pretty ass is outside. (laughs) Uh, Oh, Felix. Yeah, he he likes to talk. I I can hear him. Is that him barking? Yeah. He's bork, bork, bork. Hear the song of my people. He's being really bad. I guarantee you there's nothing worth barking out of there. Um, I'm Jennifer, how are you this week? I am so busy and so tired that I've been taking probably about two naps a day if I can squeeze them in because I've been waking up at 4 a.m. and finishing up my day anywhere between 6 and 8. Yeah, that's that's a long day. Um, I'm glad you're napping because I would not nap. I would just eat candy to stay awake. And then on top of being tired, I would also like probably have diarrhea and a stomach ache. Well, but not dysentery, correct? (laughs) I, I mean, except for that one time. (laughs) (laughs) So... Because you're so busy and because I am a crazy person, uh, we're only going to get one story this week, and it is my story, and I am so excited. It is all yours! Yeah. Honestly, when we first started talking about maybe doing a podcast like two years ago or whatever, this was the story that my mind went to, and it is, it is... I have been waiting and waiting and a big part of me was like, save it as long as you can because you are such a nerd about it and it's so gross. This is the week. This is what I was born for. (laughs) This is what this podcast is born for. If we record nothing else after this, I will be a thousand percent satisfied because I have done this one. So what you're saying is that you have followed your path to destiny. Yep. And this is the end of your heroic tale. <laughs> this is where I peak. And I'm done with life. This is a- <laughs> Spoiler alert, Emily dies of dysentery at the end of this podcast. Oh no, how many times can I die of dysentery? <laughs> well, in the Oregon Trail, infinitely, I guess. <laughs> the Oregon Trail is hell. You just keep dying of dysentery over and over again. Well, you know, at least it's not starvation. That's true. That's true. And actually, um, starvation, not the Oregon Trail, but bodies full of worms, all those things factor in today. Are we going to talk about parasites? No, but that's a good idea. Damn it. So I'm not going to tell you what we're talking about at first. Instead, I want to sort of set the scene. When I say the Victorian era, the 19-teens, what comes to mind? Um, 
people making lockets out of dead people's <laughs> hair. Yeah. Yep. Women wearing long dresses, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, and that's how... Isn't that how the the tablecloth originally came about is because, like, the table legs are too scandalous, or is that some sort of, like, myth? I don't remember exactly. I've heard that story, too, but I believe it. Like, the Victorians were... They were just really obsessed with death and sex, and... Yeah, can uh candle legs. I do not know what candle legs are. <laughs> Table legs would give you boners. <laughs> also candle legs. I... Just imagining that sweet ass eleven inch taper with some sexy legs and heels on it. I mean, as somebody who definitely has a penis, I get a boner every time I see an exposed table leg. I like, know. I just can't. It's, I've been with you. It's super awkward. I mean... I have to put, like, books or something on top of it. Yeah, well, and you don't just pop the boner. I mean, you take it to completion. Those those table legs really do it for you. I mean, there is something to say about, like, not half-assing things, so... <laughs> Listen... Never half-ass anything. Whole boner it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I also... Okay, long dresses, sexy table legs, dead people, hair locket, necklace things. Oh, pictures of dead people? Yeah, sure, sure. Did, they did that, right? Yeah. Um, oh, some of the weirdest period of, like, English literature that's, like, kind of dry, but also it's coded. Yeah, like, um, Wuthering Heights. Which I fucking hate, yes. but yeah, that properness, manners, right? Oh my god, so many fucking rules. World War One. Oh, steampunk. Oh yeah. <laughs> They're like, I like this aesthetic, but it's really racist. Let's invent something called steampunk, where we get to dress this way, but we also like science, and we don't hate brown people. And I guess women are okay, too. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, also, I have to pause. My bread might be done. Sorry, Clint. Um, okay, so steampunk. Bicycles with really big Bicycles wheels. Bicycles with really big wheels. The very first automobiles. Men with white mustaches saying, but surely you aren't considering the latest journal. Did they, did they say it in exactly that accent? Yes, everyone all around the world. <laughs> That was a genuine Victorian accent. Yeah, I've actually studied um, one specific form of acting, and it's solely accurate Victorian accent. You know, I just imagine that... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I just imagine that everything in the Victorian area, like, smelled like cigar smoke and manure. Yes, that's accurate. Particularly the manure. I am certainly going to be doing another one of those soon. All of this is really true and very accurate. Um, and then if we start getting into the 20s, you know, jazz age, women are marching and they have the vote and blah, 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 right? All of this is really, really true and close to what we learned in school. But I am going back to history to once again talk about something that we did not learn in school. And it is horrifying on a scientific level. It is horrifying on your day-to-day -day life level. And it is horrifying in the sense that we never learned about it. Or if we did, it was like one line. And that is the Spanish flu. Oh, we, we're talking about a plague. <laughs> we are talking about a fucking pandemic. The whole world got motherfucking sick. What is, what is the difference 
between like regular old boring flu and the Spanish flu? That is an excellent question. So the Spanish flu, flu viruses are usually called H and then a number and N and then a number. Um, and this is because it's to do with like the two parts of the bacteria. I'm not a scientist. That's where I can't quite understand. But anyway, this flu was H1N8. It is actually the ancestor of all four flu strains that are around today. So as I talk about what happened during the 1918 Spanish flu, keep in mind that that flu's grandchildren are the things that you get shots for every year. All flus are viruses. So um, when we talk about like bubonic plague, which the Black Death, I will definitely do an episode on that because I'm also super into that. Um, that's actually a bacteria. And plague still exists, but we can usually treat it with like fucking penicillin, which is insane. Like so many people died of the Black Plague that it changed global weather patterns. Like it, it, that many people died that suddenly that weather was different. And now we just like give you pills that get rid of it. So go ahead. Pandemic was basically like reverse global warming. Yes, it caused a coolness right afterwards, I think. I don't know. But so the 1918 Spanish flu, it is a virus. And I can talk a little bit more about how it originates uh, if you're interested. But so basically what happened in the spring of 1918, like around March, um, World War One is going on. A couple interesting things are happening that made the flu as bad as it was. So one, the flu was, this flu was really, really contagious. So tons of people are going to get it anyway. And two, it was also really, really deadly. Like basically, if you caught the flu, which you were very likely to do, it was really contagious, then you were also really likely to have a bad version of it. And that is called virulence by scientists. I guess. Anyway, so this strain was both of those things. World War One is going on. Lots of soldiers are not only getting clumped together in the trenches where they're like not eating food and shitting in the same hole they live in, living outdoors and not getting vitamins and all that terrible stuff. But they're also getting grouped together at um, barracks at forts um, when they're called up and they go to basic training. They are also moving around a lot. So you are living in Austin right now. You might go to basic training in, say, Kansas. And then from Kansas, you might travel to New York and then go overseas and land in England and then go fight in France, right? So you're going to all these places that in 1918, that was really hard to travel that fast. So basically, they stuck a bunch of people in petri dish boxes, and they're like, okay, you've incubated, now go out and be in the world. Yeah, yeah. And have you heard that thing where it's like, oh, don't come to work if you're sick, but then people are like, do come to work when you're sick, because a lot of times you're contagious when you right. feel fine. You can be contagious up to 48 hours after you have saw relief in your symptoms. Yeah. Or before you have any symptoms. So, yeah, so this is absolutely one of those things where you would be contagious for a long time before you actually felt sick. So you'd be like, yeah, sure, I'll go to the parade. I'm feeling great. Um, and then you'd lick people and uh, go home and all those people would be sick and then you would die. Uh, this is an accurate story. <laughs> I mean, I walk around just 
licking random strangers on a day-to-day basis. So Yeah, also, I don't know, what do you do at a parade if you're not licking people? Trying to get free candy. Oh, yeah. Um, let me just tell you, I love parades. I've been to Mardi Gras. I've been to Carnival in Venice. I have been to the Mermaid Parade in in Coney Island, uh, and I've been to the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Chicago, and nothing has made me more upset than when I am standing right on the front row, and I want candy and stupid presents, and they give them to the children. And one time I was, it was at the Mermaid Parade, I was like, oh, I want, like, whatever. And there was a little kid in front of me, and she turned around, and she's like, do you want this? I got two. And I was like, yeah. And I took it. <laughs> I think it was like a sucker or something. (laughs) First off, nicest kid that has ever existed. Yeah, yeah, I can still picture her. She was being genuine, too, and I might be the worst adult. (laughs) Two, just remember that every time you didn't get weird, stupid present or a piece of candy, that was probably plague present or plague candy. Oh, God. I mean, also, I'd just like to point out, I have allergies. I do not have the plague right now. I know my voice sounds extra husky. You're welcome, Clint. I just thought that was your naturally deep and sexy voice. Thank you. I have always imagined in my mind that I have a very deep voice, and I don't, except when I get seasonal allergies, and or when I smoked. When I smoked, I sounded more like this. Guys, never start smoking because it is amazing, and you'll never want to quit, which is bad, so. Words to live by, America. <laughs> Words to fucking live by. I hope there are no children listening. Um, okay, so all these soldiers, blah, blah, blah. We are actually in Haskell, Kansas. It is called the Spanish flu. We'll get to that. But most people agree that the most likely place that it originated in was good old motherfucking Kansas, um, which I've been to Wichita and I've got to say not a very exciting place. There was a good bar. It seemed that seemed pretty hip. You know, Wichita was was trying, but Kansas overall, pretty boring. You would never expect such a crazy thing to come out of it. Everyone in Kansas is now pissed. Well... Tell we, me ex- we are very sorry. Listen, pay for us to come in and do a live podcast. We'll do a tour of Kansas and prove us wrong. I'm fine with that. And don't forget, we also are still very interested in a cheese vacation. A, a cheese? Va- oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, how could I forget about a cheese vacation? Oh, man. Yeah. God so, bless. crazy thing happening in Kansas that is not a cheese vacation. Yeah, so... And is not the one bar what, that is kind of no, cool. No, sadly, no, neither of those things are happening in Kansas, unless perhaps we go there. So, the crazy thing that was happening was at this fort, which I can't remember the name of, but it had a funny name. So, soldiers would go in, and the doctor was like, oh, you know, we're used to seeing the flu... You know, it's just like it is today. It comes around every year. People throw up and they cough and they're sick and then they get better. But this was a particularly bad flu. And he actually wrote letters to uh, like medical journals being like, hey, I'm seeing a lot of young people with like a particularly like strong sickness. You might want to like publish this letter so people keep their eyes open. Um, They did not publish those letters. And after about March, I think, you know, it kind of cleared up. It went away. So they were like, oh, guess it was just a weird thing. However, that fall, the same flu came back with a vengeance. 
this is like the sequel. And you know, like, <laughs> this is like when Marvel plans two movies out of the gate, right? Like, the first movie is kind of world building introducing the characters blah 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 and then the second one like somebody dies and you know they've got to go on an epic quest and it's a big deal is this guardians of the galaxy basically right is that did i just describe that accurately i mean yeah but you could also i mean let's be honest if it's the sequel it's always worse (laughs) that too (laughs) all of this is true so the sequel 1918 in the fall Now we've got the flu and we have all of these same things. It's also really cold. Like this is an extra cold year. So people are staying in. Nobody's going out. The flu comes back and it comes back hard fucking core. Again, it's a lot of young people are getting it. It's really, really contagious. So tons of people are getting it. And um, it is very, very bad. So I have a lot of um, examples of what happens to you when you have the flu. And I also have a lot of numbers that are mind boggling. And I also have what happens when you get the flu um, or when you get this specific flu. What would you like to hear first? Oh, I want to hear. It's all terrible. It's all terrible. <laughs> I, l- let's just go in order because I'm very curious about the symptoms. I So I know that like people turn blue but yep that that's about as much knowledge as i have is that people become blue skittles yeah so people become like um the things in that racist movie avatar oh god I fucking hate that movie <laughs> navi the fake american indians yeah the fake indigenous peoples of america Yeah, so people would become, they would get blue skin because they couldn't breathe. They were basically, like, suffocating while they were still alive. Oh, so did they, their lungs would, like, fill up with fluid, right? Yep. So So they would, they called it, they actually called it the blue sickness. That's, that's what, like, the hip, not, I don't, the hip name? That's a terrible, that's what the kids are calling it these days. (laughs) Uh, the colloquial name, if you will, <laughs> at the time. The pet name for this type the of The pet death. name, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. You guys are such a cute couple. So basically, people got, like, water balloons for lungs, right? And then they're yeah. just like, can't breathe. Okay, bye. Yeah. Well, and also, so when they did autopsies on these people, um, they, like, so their lungs would be so torn apart by this virus that they would disintegrate. Like, your, they would do autopsies and, like, pick up lungs and they would, like, fall apart. Okay, or they would be covered, they would be, like, full of foam, like, foaminess um, instead of just normal things. Like, they just were not working. Like, there was foam, like, an... In the lung tissue or inside of the lung? I think it would, like, come out of the tissue. Oh, God. Like a sponge. Like, when you're washing dishes and you have, like, you know you have the normal sponge. Let's say this is your normal lung. And then you fill it with soap, right? And then you squeeze the sponge and the soap bubbles come out. I think that's almost exactly like what it was. Okay, so... Again, I'm not a scientist. For the record... I am going to probably have dreams about washing something with a lung sponge. 
Thank you. <laughs> um, if there's anyone listening to this who is crafty AF, please make a lung sponge. Um, <laughs> buy a lung sponge and use it and cackle like an evil person. Like the evil person I am every time I used it. <laughs> just, just... <laughs> God. There could be like a whole, like medical disaster or like plaguey themed uh, house cleaning equipment oh my god like an arm with a, a boobo in the armpit and the the hands are like the uh toilet scrubber and then the boobo is the part that you hold for bubonic plague yes. yeah i could go on forever i okay we have a million dollar idea here i know um yeah the all things terror Plague household cleaning items. Yes, yes, yes. A thousand times. Every every middle class household will want these. Guaranteed. Yeah, and also maybe I'll do an episode about like why plagues were bad because there's some reasons. Anyway, we'll get to that. Okay, so before you died um, and your lung became a sponge for washing dishes, other things that would happen to you, your brain would dry out. Like a razor. Oh, it's the Brillo pad. It's a Brillo pad, yeah. The lung sponge and the brain Brillo. Except that a Brillo pad can be dry, but a brain is like jello in liquid. It should not be dry. It's quite bad. And some people who did survive um, had personality changes. Oh, weird. Mm -hmm. So I guess like, so would all of the brain like dry across the board equally or just be like you know what your frontal lobe it's gonna get a little fucked a little bit and then maybe like here's some damage to your temporal lobe yeah i i don't know because i don't really understand how the brain works but it seems like you would the fluid around the brain would sort of like not be there and so i your brain would like the wrinkles would change presumably to try and like stay away from the dry part or whatever so it was running away from <laughs> yeah. itself. Yeah. Cool. It's like when you're Makes sense. when you're in the bath and you know how like you can either have like your boobs in the water and your feet out or your feet in the water and your boobs out is your brain was like that. And it was like I want all of me to be in the water, but I can't fit. Okay, so what's your preference though? Boobs in the water or feet in the water? Boobs in the water. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't like when my feet get hot. <laughs> Hashtag, I don't like when my feet get hot. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I realize how strange that sounds. Um, but yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, <laughs> so, okay, your brain is drying out. You are having trouble breathing. If you've ever had pneumonia in your life, which I had when I was 12, you know what that's like. Or if you've had asthma, you know... We've all had a time when we can't breathe. It's not fun. People would also, their mucous membranes, they would bleed from their mucous membranes, um, which means your nose. That's a really common place where people would bleed from. Also, their mouth, their eyes, their ears, their vagina. Okay, so it's like stigmata zombie. Yeah, or like, uh, what is Ebola? Your membranes bleed. I presume yeah. out of your anus, but uh, I have not heard anyone say that, so... Okay, Emily, you're not lo- allowed to make any more references to dysentery. <laughs> not allowed to speculate about anus activity. I'm cut off. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's it. You've used all your ticks. Hashtag no more anus activity. Uh-huh. Damn. <laughs> um, no. And and across the world, you could hear a soft cry. Well, I guess no more speculation. You didn't say I couldn't participate. participate. Correct. correct, correct. Just no more speculation about it. Um, also, so you're bleeding. You're bleeding from everywhere. Honestly, I think seeing someone bleed out of their eyes is one of my worst fears. That is so super fucking, like, unsettling. I just, blah, blah, blah. There were reports of blood spurting out of a nose. Oh, like, like a little spigot? Yeah, like it, like, imagine if you sneezed, but tons of stuff came out and went, like, a couple feet. It's... A little tiny blood sh- shower. Yeah, or... your your insides are just they're they're liquefying. They are fucked up. They are fubar. Since we are at a military base in Kansas, they are fucked up beyond all recall. So, I mean, I imagine that because this was beginning to kind of get out of control, and like a lot of people were sick with this. Like, is just everybody just bleeding on each other and at each other all day long? <laughs> I do not ever want to be bled on. If you if you got sneezed, like if somebody had this flu and sneezed on you, but like a little bit of blood, like maybe you made it into your sandwich or your coffee, does that make you a vampire? No, because you have to be bitten by a vampire. And then according to Interview of the Vampire both by Anne Rice and the movie, which is just delightful. You have to drink the vampire's blood, right? Right, I got you. Well, and you also have to be beautiful, so there's like two <laughs> prerequisites there. Yeah, if and, you're and not, then you become um, a werewolf. <laughs> it's like, you know what, honey? I'm really, uh, I really appreciate you applying for the position of vampire, but you were butt ugly. Um, I know some werewolves that are, like, totally into having another pack member, though. Yeah, that have you seen What We Do in the Shadows? Yes, oh my god. We're werewolves, yes. not swearwolves. <laughs> <laughs> How's my New, Ze- New Zealand accent? I know it's not very good it's, because it's not the Victorian one, which is, of course, what I've studied. I mean, it's it's acceptable, but I'm not from New Zealand, so we might have to... Uh, take votes from that general population. Yeah, uh, I should add at the uh, actor. He's hilarious. I He has a stand-up special on Amazon Prime. I haven't watched it yet because I'm like, it will break my heart if it's not funny. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, we're getting off track. So anyway, uh, one other horrible thing that would happen to you, well, a couple things. One, you would people would cough so hard that they would rip muscles. Your all of your organs are getting affected by this. Also, I heard one of the sources I looked at talked about reading a source from a nurse who said that people would get pockets of air just below their skin. And when they rolled over, like if they rolled a patient over to like make sure they weren't getting a bed sore or whatever, their bodies would crackle. Oh, they're they're packing bubbles. Yes. According human packing bubbles. According to the nurse, she said or like rice krispies. <laughs> oh god. I like this nurse. We should be friends. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's so gross. I mean, all of this sounds pretty terrible, but it also sounds like just in general hanging out in the waiting room at basically any general practitioner's office or hanging out at the DMV. 
oh, oh, absolutely. Or like urgent care. I went to urgent care once when a cat bit me and my whole arm was like red. And I was like, pus is going to start pouring out of this at any second. Like I need that fucking penicillin. It hurt so bad. And I was like, I have a fever. I am full of cat germs. There is no way that someone's not looking at my arm and being like, what did she do? Um, you're, you're becoming a cat. Oh, God. That's why I can never remember what happens when I'm on my period. I turn into a werecat. <laughs> it's way better than just sleeping poorly. Okay, so doctors who did aut- autopsies compared the lungs to pneumatic plague or pneumonic plague, which is part of the bubonic medieval thing. Um, and that oh, had, it's cute that they made it rhyme. <laughs> I know, right? Pneumonic and bubonic. And that killed 90% of people that got it. They also compared it to toxic gas, which, by the way, remember, we're in the middle of World War One right now. So this is something that's like real time. They know what the fuck a lung destroyed by toxic gas looks like. Right. Which is also quite horrifying and could be its own episode. Anyway, so those are the symptoms. They're really bad. It's also extremely painful. At first, they didn't realize that it was influenza just because people who had it would have such bad body aches that they thought it was dengue fever or something else that was worse. And this is also 1918. So, I mean, morphine exists. It's still baby. Yeah, aspirin exists, but they don't really know what to do with it. Like, I read one thing... One of my sources said that they think at least some of the deaths, especially when they were hemorrhaging and having headaches, which is a flu symptom, but they they thought some of that was from aspirin poisoning, that they were overdosing people with aspirin so bad that they were dying of, of that. Oh, God. Yeah, so this is not a great time to get a really terrible disease. Or to have headaches. No, or to have headaches. The idea that germs are what made you sick was, like, kind of relatively new. And doctors were still, like... Hey, have you got $100? Well, then you're a doctor, sir. <laughs> it's very, like, not not the best time. So those are some of the symptoms. It's really not fun. Super painful. They don't know what to do with you. And blood is coming out of you from many places. Tasty. Tasty. So, tasty human situation. <laughs> Um, totally not in any pain and you know, it's okay. Take as, uh, take as much aspirin as you feel like helps you. It's fine. People are going to react in a totally great way. It's all going to go well. Uh, We don't need to worry about it at the end. I promised you two other things. I promised you lots of scary numbers and then what else did I promise you? Wait. Oh, anecdotes about how bad it was, right? Yes. And then maybe like what happened after. Okay. So... Let's start when we talk about pandemic and it's all over the world. What does this mean? Well, it means that approximately one in three of all people worldwide were infected. So what one out of three of all people who exist in 1918 got this virus. The third of the entire global population. Yeah. 20%, one in five who caught it died. Jesus Yeah, there is not like I'll talk about this later, but like it is such a high mortality rate that it is insane. So the number that everybody can agree on is 50 million dead easily. But they think that might actually go up to uh, like 100 million. And like scholarly articles will say at least 50 million dead, 50 to 100 million is sort of where that is. Now, 
1918. We should be able to know. But one of the reasons why we don't know is that in a lot of cases, infrastructure broke down so completely. And that's something I will definitely talk about is like people were dying so fast. And this was so catastrophic. Like if this was in a movie or a book, I don't know if I would believe it. If this was fiction, it would be like, whoa, whoa, chill out a little. So what was the global population like? Almost 200 million people? I think it was... Oh, I heard this earlier today. It made such a big impact that it ruined statistics about like longevity for a long time because the mortality rate, it would say that, oh, you're going to die at this age. And it's like, well, if you live, you'll live longer. But so many people died in 1918 that it ruins the calculation. So I'm just trying to think like... So if it's like 50 million people in that era, like proportionately, would that be like close to the equivalent of having 2 billion people die on this planet? Oh, okay. So it was 1.9 billion in 1917. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. Because we're at what, 7 now? Yeah, 7.7. Yes. Oh, wait. I don't... It's so embarrassing. Someone in the world who can math. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what percentage of the world's population died, right? Right. That's your yes. question. Well, so I want to know what the... I was really trying to create a ratio. Like, what would that look like if we... A, a third of, you know, our current yeah. population okay. died. Okay, so I did this backwards anyway. So 50... Let's say, let's say 75 million, because that's right in the middle. That's 39%. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so, yeah, around, unless something is terrible. But yeah, so about 39% of the world's population died. Not equally. Prince, stop it. Oh, my God. Hold my pets. I'm going to cook them. We're going to have Prince pie for dinner and Felix dessert. So, yeah, 39% of the world's population died of this whole horrible, horrible, painful disease. And also I like, I would take this time to be like, I would suggest that everyone who's alive today, 100% has a relative who died of this, like a great aunt, an uncle, a cousin, a grandmother. Obviously your grandmother had the child before she died, but it would be very difficult to find anyone from any part in the world who that is not true for. But this also means if you're alive today, someone you are part of a bloodline of survivors yeah exactly and i'll talk about that too because that's another really interesting thing about this we have we there's a lot that we don't know and one of the things that we don't know for sure is why this was so deadly like scientists do not know they even like uh, i'm don't want to jump ahead we'll stick with like some terrible numbers and then we'll go to where i was going to go with scientists doing science today okay science so, numbers so 50 to 100 million are dead. Uh, um, I guess 39% of the world's population. Um, One of the really horrifying things about this flu, um, and when we think about flu, the people who usually die are very old people or very young people, right? Babies and the elderly. Like, we we see this with flu shots. Um, We see this when people die of the flu every year, which still happens in the thousands. Um, And that's true for this flu, Um, but it also was very, very deadly for young people. Like teenagers to your 20s, um, they actually had 
in some cases, a higher mortality rate, which is another really scary thing about it. And actually one of the things that frightened people, like contemporaries a lot. And when we talk about how horrible it was that how you died of this, one of the things was that your body would try to fight the flu and your body, like the flu, this flu virus just kicked in in such a way that your own immune system would go ham. It would go haywire. And so you actually died of your own body trying to get rid of it. Your your body fought the law. Yeah, and the, the law, law won. won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your body was like, I can do it. And they're like, no, you can't. Sit, sit down, son. Yeah, it's it's terrible. And so that's, that's what they think why it was so uh, deadly in young people. So like, for example, 15 to 34 year olds, their mortality rate was 20 times higher than it normally was with flus. I guess the mortality rate during that time period is already pretty high in comparison to what our mortality rate yeah. is. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if you want to think of things you could die of in 1918, you're still talking about, like, cholera. You're talking about our old friend dysentery. You're talking about the poxes. You're talking about, I mean, this is before Neosporins, so... You, you, you get you a get a, You get a scratch. You know, you're getting tuberculosis, like... Right. You're, I was going to say, you're probably not eating a lot of vegetables. <laughs> it's just all kinds of, like, it's not like you're living your greatest life anyway. And also you're going to fight in stupid wars in Europe. You know, this is a, I mean, is this close to the same time period we were talking about, like, trusting scientists that were trying to tell us about how, uh, about lampreys? I feel, I feel like this is <laughs> roughly around the same time. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. This is the same time. I, uh, oh, gosh, it was close to Hinter Kaifek, right? Not 19. Yeah, that was 1912. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So we're we in the time period where there was the church and then nothing else. Titanic was 1914, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or 1912. Okay. No, Titanic was April 14th, 1912. But yeah, so six years after the Titanic. So yeah, going by boat is still the fastest way to travel, right? So just don't look at a rusty nail the wrong way when no. you're traveling in this time period. No. People who were 5 to 15 years old accounted for 25% of all influenza cases. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, so think about you're alive from zero to let's say 60, right? That's 60 years. Eight. 10 years, the 5 to 15, they got 25% of the influenza cases. I mean, that's a huge part of, like, a potential working force just entirely eliminated. Yeah. there, I, There's no number from this that is not insane. One thing, I looked at some source um, that was saying that the 1918 flu caused a 0.4% decrease in global output of, like, economy and stuff. Which is small. It's not a big deal, right? Like, the economy goes up and down. But to think that in one year, the economy, the global output can change based on sickness is insane. Other things that happen, um, other numbers that, again, this is something that you would think, if I was watching this in a movie... I don't, it's, it's scary. It feels like an apocalypse movie. Pregnant women had a super high mortality rate, one of the highest. I don't have a number on that, just that they died a lot. Also, Native Americans had, this whole podcast is also becoming terrible things that happened to Native Americans. <laughs> Some entire tribes were wiped out. Jesus. Entire I mean, tribes in Alaska were wiped out. Uh, that's crazy, because, like, Alaska's 
cold. I mean, Alaska had to be pretty remote, you know? <laughs> it was. It was. It was. We're going to come back to Alaska, metaphorically speaking. But yeah, in Iran, between 8 and 25% of the population died. In Samoa, which had one of the worst rates of all, this is an island, right? So if you're on an island for many years and you don't have a lot of on and off, you're genetically really similar. 90% of the population was infected. 30% of adult males, 20% of adult females, and 10% of children died. So basically, there is no one on these islands. No. That, this That's got to be eerie. This is insane. Yeah, literal ghost towns. So when we say like, oh, 50 to 100 million, if you're in a house with your family and everybody gets sick and you all die, how do they know? If you're in a town, if you are an indigenous person and you're in a town and that whole tribe dies, how do they know? God, this could be, this kind of terrifying. And this, Think about, like, I also, like, I know we've been talking about, like, how long ago this was. This wasn't that long ago. That was 100 years. That's, like, our great-grandparents. You know, there's, I mean, that's just going to be, like, <laughs> that's going to be one of those things where, like, if you're one of the few surviving people in those areas, you're like, God damn it, motherfucker, fucking shit. And then it's like, I really should have bought those cornflakes when I was thinking about buying them because no one's going to make cornflakes anymore. I, I mean, honestly, I would you would have to get to a point where you started thinking, like, is human civilization going to recover from this? It would be very frightening. So, yeah. And one of the things that I will say is I have some other more scary things, but this we're talking about like the fall and winter of 1918. The peace for World War One was signed in November of 1919, right? Veterans Day was originally Armistice Day, and they signed the peace, blah, 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 blah. That, by that time when the armistice was signed, the flu was basically gone. So all these- Oh, it's a good, so it was a good time to sign the armistice. Yeah. So this, this- How convenient. All these numbers are also happening crazy fast. There's one book that I have, and I will, uh, uh, as always, I'll include the show notes, but particularly for this one, because- I'm saying a lot of crazy numbers, and I want it to be clear that, like, these are not exaggerations. These are not Wikipedias, although I do love Wikipedia and I use it a lot. These are, like, official records. Don't tell any student that. I do tell my students that, but I tell them it's a starting point, not an end point. Unless <laughs> you're in charge of your own podcast, then you can do whatever you want. One book that I read that another source cited said that in 24 months, so, and this number comes from 2004, the flu killed more people in 24 months than AIDS killed in 24 years. Oh, man. And if you're not afraid of AIDS and you don't think of it as an epidemic or a pandemic or a horrifying thing, you're probably way too young. <laughs> you should not be listening to this. Yeah, I mean, I okay, so I remember. We were, we were on the tail end of that being a scary thing, and I still remember it being scary. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were, I mean, I was in elementary school when... There are already, like, campaigns talking to children about the dangers of sexually transmitted diseases like AIDS. Yeah, and they would have, I remember, like, all the way into high school, and I mean, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. But I remember all the way through high school, like, any, like, health campaigns being like, you can't get AIDS from swimming in a pool with someone. You can't get AIDS from hugging someone. <laughs> like, you can't get AIDS from sharing a water fountain. Because for the fucking Reagans, goddammit, the fucking Reagans, when people were dying of this and they didn't know what it is, 
Reagan and his administration made jokes about it and laughed and didn't do anything. And so there were people who were like, oh, if I'm in the same room as someone, I'll get AIDS. And people would abandon their family members to die. It is a serious, it, it was a really, really serious thing. And the reason, anyway, okay, this is a tangent. We will stop. If this interests you, go listen to this podcast will kill you did a double episode on it. And it is, it made me cry. It was so beautiful and amazing. And if you don't know about this, you definitely should. So also young people wash your hands, <laughs> not because of AIDS, but because of the flu, <laughs> primarily the flu. And, and also primarily the flu. Nobody wants pee hands. No, nobody wants pee hands except possibly dogs. But even then some other wait, we're talking about bad things. Yeah. Bad things. October of 1918 for America, it was the deadliest month of U.S. history, which includes the Civil War. So 195,000 Americans died in October of 1918. Jeez. Um, in the U.S. total, by the time it like went away, 675,000 Americans died. And this gets at your question. If we bump that into today's standards, that would be like 1 million people dying. So I guess like... One million Americans. And this is happening all over the world. So that, like, one million people is about, like, no more Phoenix. Just white Phoenix off the map. Which, I, it's, frankly, I'm fine with. Phoenix always smells like hot dogs. And now we are alienated anyone from Phoenix. <laughs> Listen, do you live in Phoenix? Do you not agree that it always smells like hot dogs? Whatever. I, want, I need to go to Phoenix now just so I can experience that wonderful odor do it i i always i had to drive through phoenix a lot and i always was like oh phoenix it might be cool i should stop and then i would just get stuck in traffic horrible traffic and it would be like a thousand degrees and i never saw even the smallest inkling of anything interesting and it smelled like hot dogs so that is the extent of my experience with phoenix so uh, our next vacation will be a hot dog vacation in Arizona. Uh, well, or another thing that is about a million people, Austin. Actually, Austin has less than a million people. So it would be all of Austin and then like your surrounding areas Stop gone. trying to plague the city that I live in. <laughs> well, Denver and the city I live in would both have to be wiped off the map. That's a, I mean, that's a pretty hard reset button. No. Um, uh, yeah, it's the equivalent of a million people today. That's, that's a lot. So this is a huge, huge deal. Let's see. I told you most of the really terrible things. Your lungs fall apart. Um, another example that gets brought up a lot, uh, Philadelphia was hit very, very hard. And this is where I'm also getting into some of the bad, like what made this worse. So obviously the soldiers moving around and all that. Another thing was that the president, Woodrow Wilson. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> You're like, oh, I know him. He was a He's person a one time. <laughs> yeah. He was apparently like super racist and shitty, but he also passed the Sedition Acts, which if you were in law school or you were in journalism school, I was not in law school, but I was in journalism school. You talked about this. So the Sedition Acts were basically like, you can't say anything bad about America or you'll go to jail, which sounds very unconstitutional, right? But it was passed because it was wartime. And so they were like, this is where we get things like you can't post about the troops. You can't say anything that's going to hurt the war effort. And that included newspapers saying things about 
the flu. So the reason why it's called the Spanish flu, which this is the only time in history where something sounds racist and it actually isn't. Normally it's the other way, right? Like something doesn't sound racist and they're like, surprise, it's racist as fuck. Spain was neutral. And so Spain was like the only country that was printing anything that's like, hey, there's a sickness. Stay indoors and away from people. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. I don't know if they would say that. They would probably say drink some alcohol, but (laughs) that was a real prescription. Wash your hands in alcohol. Wash your hands in alcohol and then drink it and then pour it over yourself. And then weep. <laughs> um, is that what you do in 1918 or just on the weekend? Hmm. Anyway, so Phil- Philadelphia, their pre- or president, the president of Philadelphia was super into this, <laughs> the war president, Monkey Man Taft. I don't remember his name. <laughs> Monkey Man Taft. So he was like, yeah, you're right. Loose lips sink ships. Don't talk about the flu or it gets stronger. It's a real Voldemort situation. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I know. And so Philadelphia, what do you do when, you know, you want to have a good time? You want to get together, maybe lick some people, support the war effort? You have a parade. Oh, oh yes. So we're back to the parades. Mm-hmm. Full circle. So Philadelphia um, wouldn't cancel parades. The president, uh, monkey, monkey butt Taft, monkey man Taft was like, listen, I love me a parade. Gotta, gotta lick those babies. How else will I get my votes? <laughs> so, and again, remember, you don't, sh- you don't feel sick at first. So you're getting all of Philly. All of, uh, you know, the cast of It's Always Sunny out there. And Philadelphia had a really horrible, horrible outbreak. Um, a month after their first flu case, 11,000 people died. So one day they had 759 people in Philadelphia die only of the flu. One day. That, in one city. That's like some people's graduation class in high school. Oh, mine was smaller than that. Mine was like six hundred and something. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you don't. And that that would be. I was like, you know what, Dad? I'm gonna drop out of school because I'm probably not gonna live through it anyway. <laughs> Literally, I will die of the flu. Yeah, I mean that's bigger than like stadiums, probably. Probably some high school stadiums. Also, another way to put it in context: normally, on in Philadelphia, 425 people would die of all causes. So this is almost double for one thing. So, you know, I'm trying to wrap my brain around this. It's like it, you you can't <laughs> like can't. you just cannot. It is like a zombie apocalypse or something. It is just and again, remember one of the reasons why I said this was terrifying and why I want to talk about it. We do not learn about this. This is one or two lines in history. But it it is insane. It is an insane thing that happened, and it had big ramifications also. Well, maybe. Anyway, so in Philadelphia, dead people, bodies were piled three and four deep in the hallways and rooms of the hospitals because they didn't have room in the morgues oh, anymore. Oh, gross. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There were horse-drawn carriages going through the city picking up dead bodies because they were just laying around. Is this just like in Monty Python? It is exactly like Monty Python. It is Monty Python. The 1918 flu was so bad that we went back to a satirical medieval town. Yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And remember that I have another example of Monty Pythonism in this. Undertakers, of course, were like, I'm going to make some money and they would make everything really expensive. Um, in some places in Philadelphia, again, if you were like, my mom died, I'm really sad. They'd be like, give me a thousand dollars and then dig her grave. So people had to dig graves for their loved ones. Oh, geez. Cape Town in South Africa, by the way, had mass graves from the flu. Did they burn the bodies or did they just bury them? Nope, they just buried them. My allergies are starting to kick in too, if you can't tell. <laughs> Your body's like, I'm allergic to this story. My my body is resisting the plague of these details. Yeah. Um, more soldiers died from the flu than from battle in World War One. Well, that just seems like some weird, perverse like justification why war's pretty okay. <laughs> I mean, at least it's not the Spanish flu. Right? I mean, num it is not the Spanish flu. Uh, but yeah, so the total number of deaths for World War One. I, I mean, obviously we think about, like, World War Two as being really bad. You know, what, 12, 20 million, right? Right. Somewhere around there, if you include civilians. So the number of deaths in World War One uh, was 9 to 11 military. 9 to 11 million military. 5 to 6 million civilians. So, not quite 20 million. But again, more people died of the flu than battle. So, that's just... it's it's It doesn't make sense. Like, it literally... You cannot picture what this means. No, I'm, I mean, I, I studied maths. Yeah. And my brain can't do the mathing at this moment. That's I mean, that's a lot... And then also just like, you're right, it's why like is a, there not It's like more? a zombie movie. It like, is. things just being abandoned. Are we in 28 Days Later right now? Yeah, it feels, or Shaun of the Dead. It feels like Shaun of the Dead. Well, it feels like Shaun of the Dead because we're talking about it and we're absurd. But one thing I read, thinking of zombies, the Red Cross in Kentucky. Uh, this is the saddest thing. In rural Kentucky, the Red Cross wrote a report that people were starving to death in their houses because they were too afraid to go outside for food. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... That's a zombie movie. It, it totally is, and it speaks volumes about the situation. And the newspapers were not saying anything about it. I'm just saying, like, a hurricane didn't keep me from, like, going out to get food, so... <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I can't even think of an analog. And one thing, too, that, like, I was thinking about this this topic that I was doing earlier today and thinking about it in terms of things like World War II and World War One. Like, we, nowadays, it's hard for us to imagine something... Oh, hang on. It's a catnip bag. <laughs> okay, sorry. Prince was, like, attacking a bag, and then I realized it's because it was a bag full of catnip. Of course he's attacking it. Uh, As cats do. Yeah, so I just gave him... It's actually called Kitty Pot, because um, <laughs> I'm in Colorado. Uh, but it is really good catnip. Anyway, um, but, like, one of the things that's really horrifying about this story and is hard for us to conceive, and I, I think this also works with things like World War One and World War Two, is the scale of death was so fast and so catastrophic that your infrastructure wouldn't work anymore. Like, oh garbage pickup would stop in places because of the flu mail service would stop were there 
like agricultural impact? So there were some things, but overall, it, I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. One thing, if you have anti-spitting laws, that usually comes from the 1918 flu. People are like, don't spit. I mean, which you shouldn't do, but... Very reasonable. Yeah, and one thing that historians speculate about, so the president, I said, was Woodrow Wilson, right? And he did catch the flu. He did not die, but do you remember the weird thing I said that happened to some people who survived it? Oh, their personalities changed? Yeah, and Woodrow Wilson, after getting the flu, was far more aggressive than he used to be, and so he was one of the people that they say maybe the flu changed his personality. Now, as president, one of the things that Woodrow Wilson did was when they signed the Treaty of Versailles that ended the peace of World War One. he was in those aggressive, <laughs> the negotiations. He was in the, the aggressive <laughs> peace talks. <laughs> We're very passionate about peace. That's, that's a fight with your significant other, an aggressive peace talk. <laughs> when you're like getting in a fight of like, well, I just think it would be better for us if we both did this. Don't you think that? I think that that might be true, but I also think this. Well, I think if you give me this, then maybe I will give you that and we can meet in the middle. And now we're both happy, aren't we? <laughs> Just eat the sandwich I made for you. Eat it. Um, so this was basically Woodrow Wilson. He was saying eat it to Germany. So Germany got really a raw deal. I mean, to be fair, they started World War One, and the rest of the people were like, we are not going to let you forget that, including Woodrow Wilson. And they fucking crippled Germany. And one of the things that they said you can't do is have any standing military and you have to pay us all this money. And so they crushed Germany economically so bad that in the 30s, they had this horrible depression. The Great Depression in the U.S., Germany was way, way worse. People were desperate. And because of that desperation... Who took power? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Hitler. Hit yeah. Hitler came to power because people got the flu. I mean, it's it's hard to say definitively, but that is one theory, yes. So, like, does that mean, like, the next... I don't know, did Donald Trump get elected because I had the chicken pox once? Well, fucking Reagan, lots of people died because he would not take AIDS seriously. So I'm sure that the AIDS epidemic fueled homophobia and kept it alive longer than it needed to be. This is kind of crazy. I'm sure that it set back civil rights. I'm sure that there are some people who still think you can get AIDS from looking at a gay man. You know, I feel like this is like the premise of like a really good sci-fi story where it's like somebody gets sick, their person in power, their personality changes, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, right? It sounds kind of like a uh, that man in the high tower on Amazon. Yes. yes. It's terrible. It's such an interesting premise, but like they didn't have very good writers <laughs> on it. I didn't even finish whatever is already out. Um, but the premise is that what if what if the Allies had lost World War Two, and then it's all about life in America when the West Coast is controlled by the Japanese and the East Coast is controlled by the Nazi Party. Yeah, so that's really sad. Another thing that's really interesting, like I said, I think I said this at the top, they still don't know why it was so bad. There are some theories, a lot of flus, and particularly the flus that are really contagious and really, really deadly, are flus that can, that multiple animals can get. So like... Swabian. Um, do you... What? Swabian flu. Swine flu. Swine flu. And then the avian, a avian flu, flu hit right after that. 
Yeah. Do you, yeah. I was going to ask if you remember swine flu. That was one thing. So the swine flu was Hyeni, H1N1, right? Yep. And this 1918 flu is H1N8. And so that's one reason why people are really, really afraid of it. And Hyeni, from what I remember, did have a greater impact on young people um, than normal flu variants. I was going to say, you know, I was living in North Carolina at the time of the swine flu fear. And it was a big deal out there because... Lots of pigs. Lots of pigs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, anytime a virus can be in humans and other animals, it's bad. It's bad news. It's hard for our bodies to fight off, and it's easy for the virus to, like, replicate and keep mutating. Did you get swine flu? No, I did not. Okay, I would... I'm sorry. There is no way I would make it to this age if I was in anything but the normal era. I told you already in this episode I had pneumonia when I was 12. For no reason. Like, what normal 12-year-old just gets pneumonia? I, Me. I had the swine... I had the swine flu, like, a couple year, like months or maybe a year before it got really big. I was so sick. And I was, like, crawling to the bathroom to puke and diarrhea. I didn't eat for like a week. I was in so much pain and fever and coughing. And everyone I told was like, Mom, you had a you had a cold. Yeah, maybe blah, blah, blah. and then like when the swine flu came back later, I was like, fuck all y'all I already had this. <laughs> like So And then I finally got the recognition of a sick person that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and finally I achieved my lifelong dream of being <laughs> as a to be a Victorian invalid. <laughs> So I think really the takeaway for me here is that if there ever is a zombie viral outbreak, I'm probably going get to it. get it from you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'm good, I'm good. And then I'll show up and just be like, oh, I, sorry, I bit you. <laughs> That's cool, though, right? Like, we can still, like, have some wine and watch this movie. Yeah, it'll be, again, bringing it back full circle, it'll be exactly like Shaun of the Dead. At the end. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> no, but one of us has to not get sick so that the other one can stay chained up in the tool shed and play... I forget what video game they were playing at the time. Whatever video game they were playing. I don't think it is this, but I just want to say Goldeneye. <laughs> sure, why not? Gold that, you know what? Pick a better game. Pick a better game. We're not playing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a crappy game but it was so popular for so long i remember that being like a game that everybody played when i was in college that was way too late to still be into that game <laughs> yeah but you you did live in an area that maybe doesn't keep up with the rest of the country <laughs> yeah but this is also when i went to school in illinois which presumably oh, fair enough i mean yeah i <laughs> well, then again, it's also Illinois. I can just insult all the places all the time. I mean, listen, if we've learned anything from this episode about a pandemic, it's that it is crappy everywhere. <laughs> there is not a corner of the world that is not filled with some kind of fucking bullshit. That is true. 100%. Yeah. So that's what we learned today. We still don't know why it killed so many people. We still don't know why. There's really no reason why this particular strain won't come back. But presumably we do have some inherited immunity. We do now immunize people with flu shots in a way that we did not do back then. So 
if this flu comes back or if a killer flu comes back, it, it can be quite scary. We're overdue for an epidemic just by historical standards. We usually get epidemics or pandemics every 10 to 20 years. We, aside from AIDS, which I keep bringing up because it's the most recent true epidemic. Don't ever be late. We haven't, we haven't had Don't any. Don't ever be late on your epidemics. I mean, it, honestly, I am very fascinated by infectious diseases because I'm very, very frightened of them. The number of people that are killed by diseases throughout history is insane, is mind-boggling. And the number of ways that we still could die of infectious diseases is equally mind-boggling. And yet it's not on anyone's radar. It's not something we care about in the quote-unquote developed world. Well, no, because... And we really should. We've lived, uh, I mean, we've lived so long, like, in a time where it's like, well, you know, a little antibiotic or, like, a little bit of Tylenol and you're good. Like, people don't... Sure. People don't die from, like, scraped knees and sneezing. No, but the thing that we are dying of, and this is what I think our next epidemic really will be, is antibiotic-resistant strains of bacteria. Oh, yes, it's so scary. Which are becoming way more prevalent... There's like super gonorrhea now, I think. There's super the the bacteria that gives you strep throat, streptococcus. Yep. There's streptococcus strains that are antibiotic resistant. It's it's horrifying. It is really like this could come back. We could have people driving through the streets picking up dead bodies. Bring out your dead. Oh wait, no, I better not. Bring out your dead. <laughs> oh. Didn't I tell you, I told you there was another Monty Python reference, yes. and I didn't say it. I God, I really wanted to end on a, a relatively high note. This is not that. So, you know, I said whole families died. One woman's account, like her story, she was two in 1918, and her mother, 11-year-old brother, and newborn sister all died in one summer. She got the flu that fall and her family put her out on the porch and covered her with a sheet because they thought she was dead. So she was the, I'm not dead yet. I'm feeling better. (laughs) I'm much better. (laughs) And then she got turned into a newt. So she survived, obviously. Yeah, she survived. This is the only name that I wrote down. It's Minnie Lee Tratham McMullen. That's who she was. Well, you have any... Any closing thoughts on this? Well, one of my closing thoughts is that it is very sad how little this is taught and talked about and known, considering how many people died and how horrible it was. If nothing else, we should know about it as a memorial of those people who suffered and died from this flu. And we also should because there's tons of ongoing research and tons of things that we still don't know about it. Like, science has done a lot, but... We should not forget things like this. We should not think that they live in the past. And we should totally be funding science more and believing science and not have this anti-science rhetoric. Since we're getting all political, saying that Woodrow Wilson was a racist and the Reagans are fucking assholes, we are pro-science on this podcast. Even if we don't understand science. Yes, we didn't. Well, I mean, you scienced pretty okay today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I I did try to do a science. <laughs> so I learned that I should probably just go ahead and get my flu shot since it's that time of year anyway. Yeah, really, I should too. So that's that's our pact. We will get flu shots. And also we learned that you can talk about a disease and not talk about poop. That's not true because you, you did bring up dysentery. 
Oh, no. <laughs> and I talked about, oh, no, I talked about when I had the, the swine flu. Yeah, you flu. said you had mm. diarrhea, so, nope, you can't do it. It's not, it's against your nature, Emily. Uh, it's my challenge. Can Emily talk about science without talking about poop? <laughs> <laughs> All right. This was awesome. Thanks for listening. Things Terror is researched, recorded, and written by two amateurs, Jennifer and Emily. Clint is our sound editor and Emily's mortal enemy. We're available on Gmail or Twitter at All Things Terror, and we're on the Instagram at All Things Terror Podcast. Stream us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Show notes and streaming available on SoundCloud. Show us some love wherever you listen with some stars, some words, or some clicky click. In other words, rate, review, and subscribe. Hashtag get a flu shot. It doesn't even hurt. Seriously, I got one at my grocery store. It took five minutes. Be safe, wash your hands, and I will see you next time. I'm dis- I'm dissolving into fruit flies. I have always been just a collection of several million fruit flies and I can't keep up the facade anymore. Wait, didn't we just talk about how humans are basically just a sack of worms? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or bacteria. Yeah, well, and actually, so I am literally, my specific bacteria is fruit flies. I don't... I don't think those are bacteria. <laughs>